Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Primack. On today's show, what GM's job cuts tell us about the broader economy and the big tech real estate deal you probably haven't heard about. But first, guns and money. Earlier this month, a group of institutional investors released a set of five principles that it wants adopted by the gun industry, whether that be manufacturers, distributors, retailers, and really everyone in between. And this was no small niche set of investors. It was led by the nation's largest public teacher pension fund, Calsters, and the overall group represents around $5 trillion in assets under management. Among the signees were public pension funds in purple states like Florida and Maine, plus big private firms like State Street and Nuveen. In short, they want the firearms industry to become more responsible. That means investing in new safety technologies, improving and enforcing dealer standards around education, enforcing background checks, recording all sales, and making sure that dealers can better recognize, quote, irregularities around the time of sale. Now, to be sure, these groups carry a big stick. Again, five trillion with a T. But the real question is if it'll really matter in an era of wash and mass shootings that almost immediately result in Americans retreating to partisan politics instead of compassion or even better, common sense. Money talks, but can it also persuade? In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Christopher Ailman. Chief Investment Officer of Calsters, where he manages around $220 billion for over 600,000 California teachers. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. We're joined now by Christopher Ailman, Chief Investment Officer for the California State Teachers Retirement System. And Chris, after Parkland, Calsters said it was going to engage gun retailers to, in your words, leverage the public pressure that's been mounting in this country. How did those discussions go? Actually, pretty successful, but I have to give the credit most to the social media pressure. I am just amazed at how, when the country in mass spoke, how that got CEOs absolute attention. So we were able to come along right behind that wave and really have a serious dialogue and a change. You know, Calsters is an interesting organization when it comes to this, in that you guys divested from actual firearm manufacturers, uh, Smith & Wesson publicly, uh, Remington, a private company, but you guys have maintained investments on the retail side in terms of retailers that among the things they sell are firearms. Why is it your decision to kind of engage and continue investing on the retail side, but divest on the manufacturing side? When it comes to the retailers, it's a recognition that this is a very small single product amongst uh, millions of SKUs or of other products they sell, in some cases, groceries. And so it's a matter of what's material to the bottom line of the company and engaging them and discussing. But it's also an important point of why we decided to reach out and team up with other institutional investors, because we can't do this alone. And we were able to form some firearm principles because we want to address the entire chain, not just manufacturing, but retail, distribution, financing, and have a dialogue with everybody up and down the product chain about what's important and and being more responsible. Uh, We realized that, that the word gun control, all that does is actually increase gun sales. 
Uh, and so we want a more constructive dialogue of, of responsible gun ownership. Uh, and a lot of that technology is there. So for us, it's the recognition that divestment doesn't bring about social change. It actually just uh, eliminates any exposure and, and those companies move on. But a dialogue, talking to people brings about change. On the divestment side, though, you talked about those other groups you brought along, kind of $5 trillion represented in, in assets there. But if divestment isn't kind of the threat or if there's not a threat of that, how do you get that change? Face-to-face dialogue with these companies. And what we've realized more than ever, it is the power of social media and the awareness of America. When America wakes up and gets concerned about an issue and speaks up in mass, boy, that gets everybody's attention right away. You don't think that saying to, for example, a Wall Street bank, say a Bank of America saying, the threat of divestment, that that wouldn't be meaningful to them? I mean, yes, someone else might buy the shares, but that's a lot of, that's a big pot of money to potentially lose. It is more important that we're owners of the companies. I I literally, I would say to you, it's like if half of your podcast subscribers threaten to leave, you'd listen to them, you'd be worried, but you'd know that you could return. It's the fact that that they're going to stay engaged and they're going to stay subscribing. Then you want to pay attention. And again, $5 trillion is a huge amount of assets. And so we're getting the attention with people. But divestment, I can't say it enough. Divestment isn't a serious threat to people. You've had divestment campaigns for the last 20 years that have not brought about social change. It's dialogue. It's conversation. You know, the power is is voting the board of directors out of office and changing management. That's the threat, not silencing yourself and ignoring a problem. You mentioned five trillion and growing. And when you guys first made this announcement, you said that you were hoping others would sign on afterwards or come aboard. Has that happened? We've had one other institution sign on that's fairly small, but we've had lots of dialogue with uh, very meaningful institutions because half of the money in the USA is 401k money. So it's not just a matter of talking to our peers and the defined benefit. We want to talk to the other mutual fund companies, and a lot of them have had a serious dialogue with us already. And we're getting the attention of non-US investors who have big exposures to the USA. They realize this is a US-specific problem, but even you know Canada, the UK... Japan, they want to have a dialogue with us and they want to join on. Just quickly, the first principle here was was kind of endorsing or, or trying to engage and improve uh, safety, the actual technology of firearms. And it's kind of read to me like smart smart guns to a certain extent, increasing safety features, etc. What's been so far the feedback from gun makers on this? And I ask in the context of historically, at least, there has not seemed to be much appetite for any sort of significant investment on this, whether that be RFID, uh, fingerprint sensors, etc. I wish I could model it for you, the answer from them has been absolute silence. It just doesn't work well on a podcast for me to go silent. But you hit it on the head. This technology already exists. Good Lord, we open our phones with our thumb. This technology is already there. They've run silent. But if America demands it, then I think it will be implemented much quicker. The best analogy I can give you, Dan, is that the auto manufacturers absolutely fought seatbelts, putting them in cars or, or mandating them because they felt it would hurt their sales. Now we don't even give that a second thought. And I think that's going to happen. It's going to take time, but it's going to happen in the future. What we're looking for is a more responsible industry. The technology up and down the food chain already exists. Yes, there are serial numbers on guns, but they have the ability to put a serial number on every part 
in the firearm. And the police departments around the country tell us that would be invaluable to them. These are important things that make the industry more responsible. And I believe that responsible firearms owners will support that and recognize these are good things. Christopher Ellman, Chief Investment Officer of Calsters. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Christopher Ellman, Chief Investment Officer of Calsters. My final two right after this. Axios Chief Technology Correspondent Ina Fried shares breaking news and analysis on the most consequential companies and players in tech, from the Valley to D.C. Subscribe to Get Smarter Faster at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the ProRata Podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up is yesterday's announcement that General Motors will lay off over 14,000 employees and idle five North American plants. As I wrote this morning in the newsletter, this news touches on all sorts of things, like how Americans have fallen out of love with sedans and how GM has fallen out of love with gas-powered vehicles and how Trump's tariffs have had an impact. But the bigger story here, bigger than all of that, is that this is GM predicting an economic downturn, or at least a stasis. Remember, this is a company that pledged to become and remain profitable when it came out of bankruptcy, whether the economic times be good or bad. And cutting these jobs and factories now is GM's way of saying that the consumer boom times may have peaked, and it's got to conserve its resources, including its cash resources, in order to realize its future, which it views as both electric and autonomous. Finally, the biggest player in real estate this year isn't Amazon, despite all of that HQ2 hype. It's actually Google. The search giant this week paid a whopping $1 billion for a business park in Mountain View, California, just a few blocks from its Googleplex headquarters. That's the year's second largest real estate deal in America, only behind a different Google transaction when it paid nearly $2.5 billion for Chelsea Market in Manhattan. So if you've got a big commercial property to sell, you know what number to Google for. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers, have a great National Day of Giving or for the less charitable of you, a great national craft jerky day. We'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.